candid, captivating, compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Cannabis Confidential with your host, Dr. Dina. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential. I'm your hostess with the mostest when it comes to weed and hash. Dr. Dina is here with the one and only Nicole West. Nicole is a cannabis business licensing expert. She knows everything that it takes to get a cannabis license in the state of California, in the state of Colorado, in the state that you are going to be opening your cannabis business in. So we brought you the, the, all the knowledge today in a very short period of time. So we don't, we can't waste uh, too much time with silly chit chat. Nicole, welcome. Cause I know you're going to drop some big bombs on us today. Uh, thank you so much for the wonderful introduction, Dina. I am so excited to be on Canvas Confidential. Um, I actually went back and listened to a bunch of episodes before just so that I could get an understanding. And I really love what you're doing here. I really do. And I'm actually kind of bummed that I haven't been tuned in up until now, but now it's on my, it's on my uh, reminders. So I'm going to be listening in from now on. That's amazing. And I know that so many people have sent me so many great messages that, you know, listening to someone in the cannabis space kind of inspires you to feel like you're not alone especially when you're in places all around the world that maybe is not, you know, as loving towards cannabis as some of the states that you and I have lived in. But Oh, absolutely. We are here, you know, I brought you guys a girl boss. And so, you know, let's break it down. I know there's so much information people need to know. Oh, yeah. I mean, right now is probably one of the more interesting times, wouldn't you say, as far as the transitions that you're seeing from, you know, state to state, even city to city, uh, as far as the regulation is concerned here in California um, or the United States. But I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, you know, this is a worldwide phenomenon. It's not it's not just here. Um, that, that we're seeing these things happen, you know, cannabis as a as an industry becoming the most talked about thing since, you know, the tech boom, really. Um, it's it's huge. It's huge. I, but what's really fascinating to me, like, for example, if you walk into a dispensary in California, a licensed legal dispensary, every product on the shelf has to be compliant. And you as a, you're like an expert at compliance. So I know you know that every product has to be childproof. It has to be uh, tamper evident. It has to, you know, be in a specific font on the label and have all these warning labels and it's prepackaged. It comes to us prepackaged. We can't buy a pound of weed anymore and just divide it up at the store how we want to. That's, that's the old school way. But now everything oh. comes to us as an order, right? Do but, you miss it? Do you miss uh, it? Yes, and I, I we recently <laughs> bought a store in Portland, and I walked into the store, and we had these giant, big, you know, glass jars of weed, and you just go in, and you can buy a gram, you can buy an eighth, you buy whatever you want, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so weird, you know that, and they're legal too. It's just done differently in every freaking state. Yeah, it it really is, and you know, it's it's interesting in California when it comes to packaging right now. 
Um, in general, we, you know, got, we hit it real hard in 2018 about our expectations and the industry, you know, just really wasn't ready for what what happened and so in beginning of 2018 i mean you remember the debacle uh, everything had to be child res- resistant you know tamper evident blah, blah blah everything came at once and then everyone you know everyone wasn't ready somehow the industry the the serious ones evolved and made it work i mean i remember walking into your store in that you know, interim between January 1 of 2018 and when the law changed back. Right. And we still had product from from before. Yeah. But you guys had found good product on the shelf. You guys had made, you know, it was less, you had way less, but you found it and it was there. Um, It was really difficult, um, but you did it. So you actually are really seeing, you know, who's, who's jumping and making, you know, getting it through the hoops. And then the state, you know, kind of revolted and they had to push that back. And now we were given, you know, the labeling requirements still existed and the testing requirements still existed, but that packaging piece went away until January 1 of 2018 as far as the child resistance, which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, it almost, it felt a little political in the way of either somebody had too much money in bottles that <laughs> they couldn't right. get rid of anymore or, you know, the, the exit packaging companies needed to get theirs. I, I wasn't really sure um, as far as which was which, but I mean, now we just have the requirements for things leaving with an opaque container. You know, it has to leave in an exit package, but it does not have to be child resistant right now. But now come January 1 of 2020, the law goes back. So right. it just seemed, it seemed really um, ill-prepared on, you know, not just the people in the industry, but also California on how this rollout was actually going to happen. Because we all saw the law coming. We saw those rules, you know, eight months prior. They were like, hey, you're going to have to have it in child resistance. And then all of a sudden it was a huge deal as if we didn't know or expect it. But then at the same time, you know, where did the pressure come from? I'm curious. Why did the law go back? Why, why did we decide, okay, we're going to do away with the child resistance requirements at least for a, a year and a half, give these people 18 months, you know, to, to get through the, the product? Was it, was it, you know, was there going to be a bunch of lawsuits? What was the, what was the reason? I'm just super curious to, to know. You know, what's funny. I was talking to Ed Rosenthal about this and and I, I love Ed for his out his outlook on on everything. It's very similar yeah. to Dennis Perone. And and yep. he just said, you know, I don't understand why we're wasting all this time and money on this. It was illegal before and kids weren't getting access to it. Right. And it also wasn't getting tested before and people weren't getting sick either. So right. what what are we doing? Now we're we're before I used to feel like I owned a cannabis business and now I feel like I just work for the state. Oh, I, I tell people, um, you know, all the time, I said, you're, you don't own a cannabis business. You own a compliance business that sells a widget, and that widget happens to be weed. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. It's now, just, what, kind of, what kind of businesses are, are you working with right now? Because I know you, all this brought you to starting Inclusive Cannabis, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Inclusive Cannabis, I we formed last year, the beginning of last year, we were just getting kind of 
every kind of question, you know, what do I do for packaging? What do I do for an SOP? How do I hire people? And so the name inclusive just felt really, you know, applicable to what we were doing. We were, we, if we're not the people that may not be our, our strong suit, we'll find you the right people because I know what it looks like at the very least. So we'll, we'll help network you and get you, you know, the bank that you need, or we'll help you find the real estate or the real estate agent, because that's not a town that we know anything about, but we know how to find the right people that do. And, you know, really just helping people look over contracts. And that actually got us one of our, our largest clients, which is um, a, an investment firm. And they're basically using us in the way of due diligence, because there is just a, a chasm between cannabis and finance. And it, it is like they don't speak the same language. They don't understand any of the same things. That the, it's almost like the principles of life don't apply to them at right. the same level. And I've, I've found that, you know, we were able to kind of bridge that gap in a way to help these businesses understand what finance is looking for and really help – set more realistic expectations for people with money looking to get into the cannabis industry because people were really putting such an unrealistic billionaire mindset on it. Like everyone thinks they're going to all of a sudden, you know, be Bill Gates rich off of weed. And you know, that that's just not the case. And when you look at something as simple as like the soft drink industry, I break people down on it using soda all the time. Currently, there's 200 brands of soft drink in the United States that are on shelves around the United States, okay? Of those 200 brands, there's a little over 40 or 95 companies that make up all of those brands, right? Or there's a little over 1,000 brands of soda and 200 companies. Right, that makes of sense. Those two, of those 200 companies, three of them own 41% of the market, Pepsi, Coke, and Snapple. They own almost 50% of the market and the other 190 something brands are competing over the remaining 50% of the market. And so you look at soda and you realize half of the, half of the American population consumes at least one soda a day or, or soft drink, you know, that includes a, like a Gatorade or a Powerade or, you know, a, a Snapple drink, for instance, those would all fall under soft drink, even though it's not a carbonated beverage, right? So one a day, half the, half the world or half the United States consumes and there's only three companies that control 50% of this industry and the rest of them are making a decent enough living to maybe continue to have a soda business or a soft drink business um, you know making making enough money to have a great small business but they are not the the market share and they're you know pretty much pillaging each other unless they have a special niche for the remaining 50% of the soft drink industry and I know a lot of more people drink soft drinks than smoke weed and so I try to explain to people when you look at California You've got way more than 200 brands right now. And in the entirety of the United States, there's only 200 brands of people or 200 brands that make soft drinks in the entirety of our country. So then if you take that and break that out, you're looking at maybe, you know, five to 10 per state at most. And maybe a state like California. Exactly. 50, let's say and 50 at, maybe. You, and you look at dispensaries and you see how much shelf space they have and they can't yeah. carry every single brand. So Exactly, exactly. And so you're looking at maybe 50 of these brands that have the potential, um, you know, just based on market share to become 
Pepsi, Cokes, Snapples of the world, right? And, and now, don't get me wrong, goal is to get to that, right? Like, everyone wants to be that. That's, everyone that's wants the, to be that. But we have to actually right. run to a quick break, Nicole. So hold that thought. We're going to come right okay. back, and we're going to discuss Absolutely. more about what it takes to become the Pepsi or Coca-Cola of cannabis. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections and get premier brand exposure. This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Okay, Nicole, I know you have, you're still holding on to this thought because this is really the, the big question is how to become the, the Pepsi-Cola, the, the Coca-Cola of the cannabis industry and not be the, you know, Jimmy's root beer uh, shake cola banana flavor that you've never heard of. Right. Um, I'm going to say this till the day that I die. And it really all starts with your team. Um, You know, loyalty doesn't just happen. And these brands aren't built by one or two people. These brands are built by an army of people that believe in what you're doing. And the only way that you're going to get loyalty in this in this space, especially, is if you invest in your people. Um, Real realistically, I'd say less than. 2% of the industry is investing in their people. And they wonder, you know, I'm constantly having people tell me, oh, we can't keep staff, right? Why can't you keep staff? That, that, that's not a them problem. That's a you problem. And when we talk about scaling these businesses without a team that can bring in the next team to replicate, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to open 30 stores? It's that's impossible. It it is absolutely impossible. For Especially you to for a new industry that people don't have experience. It's not like you can say, "I'm looking to hire someone that has five to ten years of of experience doing this." It just doesn't exist. 
It doesn't. And there's not those, you know, there's not those people that you can hire that, you know, will know what the heck is going on. And all of this industry has really been so personal to the place that it came from. Right. So when you train your people on what you're looking for, some places are more focused on helping the patients. Some people are more focused on getting the bottom line. Right. Some people are more focused on turn and burn, get as many customers through the door. And you can't take that one mindset of one location of something that's, you know, so unique to the goal at hand, especially when we were all, you know, outlaws five years ago. And so it was, what were you willing to fight for, right? What was your ultimate end game of what made it worth it for you? And that really changed person to person, place to place. And so you can't take somebody who, even if they did have five years experience and expect for them to, you know, have your vision. And so it's really about building this core team of people that can take your team to the next level. And I tell everyone, any job that you need for every location, there should be at least one or two people that are masters of that in your company, right? So that when you need to make a store number two, one of them leaves. And I understand that in the beginning, your bottom line is real, real high because you're having to pay two people a good salary because these are your, these are your, your core competency people that are going to spread your message and help your vision. You know, this isn't something that we can, we can just expect them to, to know and put, put out. This is something that you're going to have to put six, eight, 12 months into these people before they're at a place where I can leave you on your own and know that you're going to do this the way that I would do it, right? We keep getting so upset because I I opened the store and then I left for six months and I came back and it was a mess. Well, why do you expect exactly (laughs) what you expect? I mean, the reality is it's so much changes on a daily basis. And even uh, uh, a rule one day can be different the next day in this industry. And a lot of people jumping in think it's all about the money. I recently had a run in with this woman that, I used to uh, work at a children's clothing store when I was much younger. And I, I knew all the moms in the neighborhood because I dressed all their daughters. So I recently ran into this woman that I, I knew from a long time ago. When I was much younger, I managed a children's clothing store. And I used to dress all the little girls in the neighborhood so all their moms knew me. And she ran into uh, some people that I knew and had found out what I did for a living. And her first thing that she said to me was, oh, uh, I hear you have a great business. You must be making a lot of money. And as you know, Nicole, I mean, it, for me, at least for me, that's, it's infuriating that the first mm. thought that someone thinks of what I do is about the money. And I said, actually, no, uh, the state takes a lot of our money. It's, it's not the way it used to be. Um, I used to be able to give out free medicine to people who were sick, and now I can't do that. And she said, why in the world would you want to give away free medicine? That costs you money. And I just turned to her. I said, it's not about the money. What I do is not about the money. <laughs> it's to help people. And so it's, it's still kind of a, a jab a little bit. But I, I want to talk a little bit about your experience in Colorado and really share with people what this industry, what really happens uh, with the tiniest, smallest mistake and uh, – Take it from there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you if you've ever had that uh, that saying hindsight's twenty twenty, um, ever feel like the most pain of your entire life, um, this is one of those kind of moments. Um, you know, 
we we built a powerhouse of a team um, in Colorado. I, I moved out there in 2012. Um, I got moved out there by Weed Maps so that I could. Um, uh, we we brought our whole office out there. When I got there, I I saw the light. They were you know regulating cannabis like a business, and I instantly knew that that was something I needed to do. Um, so I started over after having a dispensary here in LA or in Long Beach um, and losing everything. I started over and I went to Colorado and I got a job working as a bud tender and worked my way up to a company and I got scouted around from company to company just busting my ass as you know, vice president at uh, one of the, the more high-end facilities in the entire state of Colorado, um, Kind Love. I was the director of operations at a company called True Cannabis, which scaled. I opened six stores for them. Um, and then I, I got uh, scouted over to Sweetleaf, where I was the vice president of operations there. Um, I scaled their company from four, five locations to 11 locations in three years. Uh, we, and I that hired is a really little- ridiculously impressive, by the way, for everyone listening. That is, that's mad impressive. Thank you. Um, I, I hired a little over 150 people myself. Wow. I did I, my calendar. Um, I looked at my calendar and I, and I saw almost a thousand people in two years. I met and interviewed almost a thousand people myself. Um, and I mean, that's a, that's a pretty realistic metric. It takes about, you know, six to eight interviews before you find at least one qualified candidate. Um, I've developed, you know, training programs. We had one of the most stellar teams I've ever seen in my, in my, you know, now 11 years in the industry. And we were following the law to the letter, which what I've learned in this um, wasn't the right answer. Um, we are supposed to err on the side of caution always. And I did what I am now preaching to the world not to do, which was get comfortable. I got comfortable. I don't want people to get comfortable because we're not there yet. I thought that we were following the law to the letter and if there were problems with what we do, did and the way that we were doing it, we were so big, I thought somebody would just come tell us right? Hey, Nicole, this isn't the right way to do it. It's nothing was being hidden. We didn't realize the state of Colorado has a regulation that states you can purchase one ounce per transaction. The word transaction is in there. It does not state per day. It does not state per hour. And in the definition section of that regulation, there's not a single section that explains what a transaction is except for an interaction with a customer. And there is no way for us to differentiate somebody who came in one, one minute versus the next if we are not allowed to track who they are, right? Right, and you have different shifts of employees, so. Different shifts of people. We, have, we had 11 stores. Um, you know, it became a, it became a nightmare on, on how we were supposed to do this. And now we were creating a brand that what we believed was going to be, you know, and, and real talk, Coors Light. We were trying to be the working man's weed. We wanted to be able to provide good product for anybody to be able to afford. So we were scratching the bottom line as low as we could. We were making the smallest margins ever, but we were really just trying to provide a a quality product to the industry because we've truly felt that everyone deserves good weed at a good price. You know, it's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that deep, you know, and we allowed people to come back because we had no way of regulating this outside of visually identifying somebody and saying, weren't you already here? And that became a really huge cumbersome activity. If you consider the fact that your bud tenders are 12 to $17 an hour employees and expecting them to essentially be bouncers of the register. I didn't think that we were doing anything wrong. My lawyer didn't think that we were doing anything wrong. 
The ex-MED, which is the Marijuana Enforcement Division investigator who we hired to be our director of compliance, also didn't think we were doing anything wrong. A year and a half investigation into the city of Denver uh, discovered that they believed we broke what they call the spirit of the law. And according to the city of Denver, transaction meant obviously a single business day. Well, I don't know any place in the fucking world where transaction obviously means a business day. So we disagreed with that statement when they came and essentially told us that we were violating the state's regulations. Well, the other cities that we had licenses in outside of Denver did not pursue this issue because they didn't feel the same way. Only the city of Denver did. But one thing about the city of Denver is it's also the state capital. And when you have a state capital building, you also have a lot of federal people. And you also have a lot of people that know each other. And bum, what is bum, weed? Bum. Exactly. What is, <laughs> what is weed? What is weed? Weed is federally illegal. Cannabis is still a federally illegal drug. And so while according to the state of Colorado, we did not have any laws in which we broke, according to the federal government, that doesn't matter. So unless we wanted to be prosecuted in federal court, we were told that we had the option of fighting this, which if we won at state level, the federal uh, district attorney already said that he would pick the case up. We have no way to stand against the federal court. So even if we won at a state level, we were fucked. So I had the option of spending another $150,000 and paying my attorney because that's how much his retainer was if we went to federal court. I didn't have 150 racks. And I also knew that we would lose in federal court because there is no winning right now because it is still against the law. Of course. So I was forced to take a really shitty plea deal and plea to a DF4 and when I say forced, I don't mean forced. I had option. There was no forcing of, well, sure, you had to have to do this. You had to pay $150,000 for a lawyer, maybe more. And they basically put you into a corner, which we actually have to run to a quick break. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back to hear the rest of the story and what the state of Colorado, the city of Denver, did to our badass female friend, Nicole West. We'll be right back. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina will continue after a word from our most confident sponsors. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Dr. Dina is back with more Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, and we're back. We were just getting to the juice, the, the meat of the story, mm-hmm. Nicole. We had, to, we had to make a quick cut. So they basically cornered you, and you had to take a, a deal. And so what did that mean? That meant that I pled to distribution of 4 to 12 ounces of cannabis flour and took a federal or took a felony uh, drug charge, which is called a DF4 in the state of Colorado because they had to create new felonies for cannabis because – it's obviously not crack cocaine. And uh, according to the state of, of Colorado, um, I had not broken the law, but according to the city of Denver, I did. And according to the federal prosecutor, I did. And so I was caught between a rock and a hard place. So on November 29th in 2018, I pled guilty to ADF4, uh, distribution of four to 12 ounces drug charge, and was sentenced to 30 days in Denver County Jail. Um, it and how much probably, time did you end up having to serve? They do 18 on, on 30. So okay. as long as I didn't get into any fights or anything, um, because I was a nonviolent criminal, um, I was able to get released in 18 days, which was pretty nice. Um, but 18 days in jail is still too long. It's pretty um, awful. Yeah. For any anyone serving time in, in jail for cannabis, um, my heart goes out to you. It was the most ridiculous like n- nobody through the process understood when i said that i was in there for weed everyone was like wow you what? like you know when did like, you piss off <laughs> right what you must have done something and i'm like nope no no like it was weed like they're like guns and i'm like nope and they're like <laughs> hard drugs and i'm like nope like literally and <laughs> no running a comp- running a what i thought was a compliant business <laughs> that right, was regulated right. and licensed <laughs> well and it, you know the best part um, the one of the gentlemen who helped write the original ordinance um, will still stand from the rooftops and scream at everybody for the fact that I did not break the law. Um, he even, you know, has made public statements as well as as interviews about how ridiculously this was handled. And more than anything, you know, the city of Denver was millions of dollars into an investigation on something that we didn't actually do anything wrong. Um, someone had to do, go, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't spend millions of dollars investigating some potheads just to find out exactly. nothing happened. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Um, so, you know, there was, it was a year and a half long investigation. They had 41 halo cameras around the city of Denver watching us full time. Wow. Watching us full time, Dina. Like I was watched for a year and a half of my life every time I walked in and out of my office. And, and here's the even better part. There were three CIs that worked for me, bro. Wow. I had three fucking confidential. You know how fucking skeevy you feel? Pardon my language. That's the worst you feeling have, ever. When you find out people, one of them came to my house after kickball. We, I used to, I had company sports. One of them came to my house after kickball, Dina. Like he was in my home. Wow. A person I, I gave a job to. I, That's a pretty awful feeling. 
So, oh. you know, not this the industry isn't always sunshine and rainbows. And no. uh, that's, what, <laughs> that's what we're trying to, you know, relay to you guys is that it's a lot of hard work, dedication, blood, sweat and tears. And things don't always work out how you think they're going to. And uh, it's the strong that will survive. And not many people have spent the amount of time that Nicole has in this industry. And the experience that she has is amazing. So if you need help getting your brand up and running, getting licensed, definitely reach out to her. Nicole, where can people find you? Um, you can get uh, us on my website, inclusivecannabis.com. Um, you can also find me. I have a, a website for personal, uh, Nicole West, N-I-C-H-O-L-E West.com. Um, you can get me on email as well, info at Nicole West. And find us on Instagram. I'm harvest underscore honey on Insta. And we have inclusive canna on Insta as well. Um, and I, I more than anything just want to say thank you. Because honestly, Dina, you have been an inspiration to women like me over all of the years that I've been doing this. And it's like a huge honor to be able to, you know, sit at the table with you on, on anything. And so, you know, thank you for giving me an opportunity and, and real talk. It's because you and people like you that, you know, opportunities and women like me are succeeding right now in the business, the way that we are. Um, and, and I really just appreciate everything you've done for the industry. That is and, so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot yeah. to me. Well, you earned your way to the table, honey, and, uh, you made it and it's pretty impressive. And if you were to give someone like, just like a like speed round, like three quick tips of entering into the space, what would you say? Um, realistic expectations. Not everyone's going to become a millionaire. If you could have a small business that could put your kids through school and have a roof over your head, you've done pretty well. Um, um, number two, if you don't love it, you know, get out of here because this industry is going to beat you up. It's going to take you down from time to time. And if you don't, you know, really absolutely love it, it's going to exhaust you to the point of wondering why the hell you did it to begin with. And uh, the last one would be you're only as strong as your team. Um, you know, pay people what they're worth, give people opportunity, educate people, offer a future, get some health insurance. You know, people will work hard for you and you can, you can get that winning team, but you've got to work hard for them. Agreed. Wonderful advice. Everybody should take it. And that is why you are my weed warrior of the week, Nicole. Thank you so much. You are an incredible Thank inspiration you. to so many women. And uh, just keep up all the hard work and keep kicking butt. And uh, we will have to have you back on again soon because you're such a wonderful guest. So everyone go check out Nicole and check out Inclusive Cannabis. Make sure you give us a bunch of love on this podcast five stars, thumbs up, whatever it says to do. Make sure you share it with your friends, your loved ones, your boss, people you don't like. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I will be back next week with another round of Cannabis Confidential. Over and out. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.